This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Crowd roaring its approval right now here at Chase Center. What a comeback for the Warriors down 19th. The shot clock violation. And Poole says, let's hear it. And they respond. Donchis will catch the inbound. Fired it to the rim. No good. Ball game over. The Warriors are going to Dallas, leading two games to none. After giving up 72 points in the first half, the Warriors clamp down the Mavs in the third. And they win 126-117. to 117. Before tonight, there have been only four other franchises that have 200 playoff victories. The Lakers, the Celtics, the Sixers, the Spurs. And now, I know you'd never thought you'd hear this, the Golden State Warriors. Indeed, as we welcome you in here to Warriors This Week with John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason, 888-957-9570. The Warriors with the comeback last night, Game 2 of the Western Conference Finals, as uh, they outscore the Mavs in the second half, 68-45, to 43-32 in the fourth quarter. They rally from 19 down as Tim Roy, you heard him on the call say it. And the Warriors indeed heading to Dallas with a two games to nothing lead on a night where the Warriors last night allow 21 three-point makes from the Dallas Mavericks, and yet they're still able to win the game, uh, leaving Dallas, I think, at a, at a point, Whitey, where they got to be wondering how they can beat this Warriors team if they can hit 21 and still not be able to win a game inside Chase Center. Yeah, I think you're right. Clearly, they're wondering how they beat this team, but at least as far as last night goes, Dallas has a pretty good idea what happened. I mean, just look at the fourth quarter. As you know, Dallas was up two. Going into the fourth quarter, Dallas up two. And then how did they play in that fourth quarter? Dallas made nine of 15 shots in the fourth quarter. They hit four of five three-pointers in the fourth quarter. They only turned the ball over twice, and they end up losing 126 to 117 because they could not stop the Warriors. Warriors in the fourth quarter last night, you know, Magic Johnson used to call it win in time, fourth quarter of a playoff game. The Warriors made 15 of 19 shots with the game hanging in the balance. And I thought it was just crucial, something that maybe JD, you and I didn't talk enough about last night. We had so many things to talk about, so many things to talk about today. But Steph last night in that fourth quarter, Six minutes, and he hit all four of his shots, including the night-night dagger. And I just thought the 
the way Steph was able to hold things together in that first half when the Warriors struggled and then to help him provide that finishing flurry, the leadership that he provided just by, you know, showing, follow my lead, leading by example, really crucial on a night in which, let's face it, the Warriors did not get the type of leadership they normally get from from Draymond Green. So that was a huge factor. It was about Dallas unable to stop the Warriors and Steph really last night showing that leadership by holding things together and leaning that fourth-quarter charge. Dallas shot the ball really well in the fourth quarter, but they still got blown out because they could not stop the Warrior offense. Yeah, and it looks like that's an ongoing theme of the first two games of this series, the fact that Dallas may be hot, Dallas may be missing from three-point range. There was a little bit of both in the game last night. They were streaky, even though an excellent percentage and volume of makes with the 21 of 45. But there are little patches in games, even when the Mavs are shooting the three ball well, where they may clank a few. And what do the Warriors do in those moments? I thought there were a couple of little mini runs that that prevented the game from completely getting out of hand on the Warriors, and that gave them the opportunity down only 14 at the half to really crawl back into it with a a big third quarter, uh, 25 to 13 in the third. That's where the Mavs went cold, and the Warriors were able to, to clamp down to put themselves in position, as you mentioned, Whitey, to be only two down going to the fourth, and then Otto Porter hit a three on the first possession of the fourth quarter, and the Warriors never trailed from that moment the, the rest of the night. So got to be deflating for the Mavericks, uh, a pretty big blow dealt by the Warriors to the Mavs on a night where the Mavs did a lot of things right, but the Warriors uh, with not one of their better games, some some pretty good individual performances. Steph Curry, terrific with the six three-point makes, and, and he, he was good, I thought, mm-hmm. at, at helping to keep the Warriors from – having the game completely get out of hand on him. And and what can you say about Kevon Looney? A career-high 21 points to go with 12 boards, 10 of 14 last night, and he's just been a, a major factor as the Mavs have been unable really to account for the Warriors' others, as Shaquille O'Neal likes to say. Yeah, he's been a real problem for them, and I'm sure they did not anticipate that. Little bit of a mixed message from Jason Kidd after game one. We know, and we saw it. We know that uh, he said, and the Mavs said, you know, we got a lot of open shots. They didn't go in. Last night, those shots were going in early. Then they weren't going in in the third quarter. And after the game, Jason Kidd said, well, if you miss four threes, you got to think twice about taking that fifth one. Which is interesting because, as I said, you know, the previous game, it would be now we're getting the open threes. But what I think really these first two games come down to, above all else, and again, a lot of factors I know, the Warriors have been able to get to the basket and Dallas has not. The Warriors have been run off the three-point line to a degree. They had a good night from the three-point line last night, but they've compensated for that. They've been getting to the rack. You look at the points in the paint. And Jason Kidd, from what he said last night, hey, when we're not making threes, we got to get to the basket. They are just not able to. The points in the paint, it was Warriors 62, Mavs 30. And you look at the just the scoring in the paint last night. You had Looney at 20. Curry, Clay, and Poole had 10 each. And then for Dallas, Luka had 14 in the paint. Brunson 12, Dinwiddie 4. And that was it. So, again, at the risk of oversimplifying, Dallas cannot get to the rack, and the Warriors have been getting to the rack at will, and Kevon Looney has been leading the charge in that regard. 888-957-9570. The phone lines are open. 
as always here, as we get the four-hour extravaganza going, Gary St. Jean's going to join us coming up at 1230. We'll also talk a little bit about what's going on in the Eastern Conference Series as the Heat and the Celtics, that series shifting from Miami to Boston for Game 3 and 4, Game 3 to be played tonight. And uh, we'll look at, at some of the adjustments that, that maybe the Warriors can make and just what it means for, for Golden State to be ahead to nothing going into Dallas where the Mavs have been a much better team in the playoffs collectively at home and to have the you know, really margin for error now to where the Warriors can go into Dallas with the hope of, of getting a split to take a commanding 3-1 lead back to San Francisco in and, and, and Game 5, I, I think that's just it, – it's so huge to, to you know forget about the way they did it, but the Warriors, as much as they've been a comeback team in the playoffs, and, and they have when they've needed to be, the Warriors are just such an excellent front-running team in a series. And, and to put all the pressure on Dallas now – up 2-0 going back, not just to win one game on Sunday night, but Dallas really, if they're going to be a factor in this series, they have to win both games, Sunday in game three and Tuesday in game four to bring it back to game five and, and then make the Warriors really feel a little bit of pressure again to, to hold serve, kind of like the, the Mavs did in their last series against the Suns. But the Mavs defensively, to your point, Whitey, have just had – just it has been night and day the comparison to the way they were able to defend and make life difficult for the Suns compared to the Warriors in this series and in particular as you've alluded to the Warriors getting to the basket only 28 three-point attempts for the Warriors last night great percentage 14 for 28 and the 50 percent and then only 29 attempts for the Warriors in game one against the Mavs so under 30 in both games rare for the Warriors but they've more than made up for it with the ability to get to the basket and paint points last night 62 to 30 in terms of uh, the Warriors advantage there they're getting the easy ones and, and they're making the Mavs pay for the way the Mavs want to defend the Warriors and there's another thing that's evident two games in, and not to get ahead of ourselves, we got a long ways to go, I know, in, in both series. Boston's really scary, I think we agree on that, but we got a long ways to go in both series. But Luca last night with a monster scoring night, uh, 42 points. So that's the seventh time in the postseason that he scored 40 or more, which ties Nowitzki for the all-time franchise lead. The Mavericks are 2-5 and five in those games. And that's nothing against uh, uh, Luca, But I think this team, when they need him to have those big scoring nights, we touched on this last night, it means they're not getting up from, from other people. And that that's my point. I mean, you look at the Warriors and what the reserves have done, what they've been getting out of the bench, and there's just such a drop-off for the Mavs. Last night, four of the starters played really well. You know, Dwight Powell is he takes up some space. But, and Bertans made a couple shots. But in terms of the depth, the roster's top to bottom. I think Kenny Smith has made this point a number of times. Again, I know we have a long ways to go. The series goes back to Dallas here. But Dallas just can't match the Warriors' depth. And the Warriors have so many different ways of dealing with what they're seeing from the Mavs. And the Mavs, they got Luka, and then they got Bullock, and they got, of course, Brunson. And then they just run out of answers real quick as they get deeper into that bench. 
All right, he's Whitey Gleason. I'm John Dickinson, 888-957-9570. Warrior fans, how you feeling about this series now with the dubs up two games to none? And look, there's a fine line in these series, and I keep coming back to the fact that if the Warriors, you know, lose the game last night and the Mavs are able to show that they could be tough on the Warriors and really make them pay in, in stretches of games. It was a step when you take a, a, a more of a macro view for the Mavs compared to how awful they were in, in game one and how awful they shot the basketball in game one. A lot of what Jason Kidd had to say rang true from game one to game two. Open looks, they felt they were going to make more of those looks. They did, and I was having this conversation filling in with for Guru with Steiny over the last couple of days, and, and my stance on it, Whitey, was, okay, Dallas, like, you're going to say that, that that's great, go ahead and do it, and, and the extension of that was, I want to see you do it, and not that you can't, but I want to see you do it and win the game when you do it, because it, the Warriors have had this knack for when the opposition has been hot from, from deep, the Warriors have been able to kind of hang in games or come back in games, and, and they've been winning more of those games than the opposition has been winning when the Warriors have been the hot team. When the Warriors are the hot team from three, it's, as Steph Curry said last night to the Mavs, night-night. When mm-hmm. the opposition beats the Warriors from three, what we found is it's not an automatic. And, and the Warriors are finding other ways. I think that's a theme of the, pl- of the playoffs for the Warriors. It's been their ability to win games when they do don't outshoot their opponent from three. In the regular season, that was a little bit more iffy. In the playoffs, they've been able to grit and grind and and, and do it in a number of different ways with with many different heroes, a la Kevon Looney and and Andrew Wiggins and Otto Porter and and many others during this run now into the the conference finals. Yeah, that's a a great point uh, because we know earlier in the year, to, to the point you just made, um, the Warriors, when they weren't shooting well, they they really struggled to find ways to win. H- however, I mean, they really, you know, the shooting percentages, I noted they didn't have a great uh, three-point shooting night in game one, but they've really been getting to the basket and scoring uh, a, a high percentage. I'm glad you mentioned Steph and the way Steph really kept him in the game in the first half, especially. And that was, I know we touched on this last night, J.D., in some ways with Steph going six for ten beyond the arc, that was the most Steph-like game we've had, we've seen from him uh, in a while. And as far as how Dallas feels about that game, you know, the fact that they had that game and they had the big lead and the Warriors still just methodically just tore that lead down and won that game going away. Now, in all fairness, it was, you know, two minutes left. It was, it was still a two-possession game. Yeah, but the Warriors winning that game going away after they were so far behind, it's just a clear statement of, you know, right, we're just better than you. Now, I don't know how much that carries over because I think I learned my lesson a little bit. I know going back to when uh, the Timberwolves blew that huge two leads, big leads twice against mm. Memphis, and I thought, that's it, Minnesota's done. And they weren't, and they lost the series, but they played well. So I don't know about carryover, but the Warriors clearly showed last night okay, we'll spot you the lead, and we're not playing well. We're losing our composure even. We're still going to come back and beat you going away. So, uh, yeah, Dallas, um, 
Dallas is up against it. Uh, even last night, huge night from Luka, and it still wasn't enough. Huge first half shooting the three ball, it still wasn't enough. They have to play better defense if they're going to have any chance of making this a series, and I don't know how they do that. All right, let's get to the phones. 888-957-9570. A lot of people that want to talk early. Phone lines open here between now and 1 o'clock, and we'll get it started with Mike in San Pablo on 95.7 The Game. Mike, our tip-off caller here this morning. How are you, sir? I'm great, gentlemen. It is a sunny day, and we are talking Warriors. I mean, pinch me, I'm giddy. Um, (laughs) I think the first thing I want to bring up is Looney. What an amazing, what an amazing franchise player to to draft. He has injuries, and he has become the consummate professional who probably could have signed for a little bit more money when he's had the opportunity, but he stayed with the Warriors and their system. And it's looking like if they close this thing out and he continues to play the way he is offensive, defensively, and I'm not even saying he has to put up those for him, gaudy offensive numbers. But are we looking at the Western Conference Finals MVP if they if they do win based on his play so far? Wow. Uh, I think it's a little too <laughs> early. Mm-hmm. I think it's a little too early to tell, uh, and, and we appreciate the call. Thanks hey, wait, for, and for I getting us going. And, oh, no, go ahead, Mike. He yeah, go ahead. He, oh, he, oh, I apologize. I, I apologize for cutting in. Um, and I ask this only because he's been the most consistent defensively. Um, the the ability to set up the offense from a standpoint of screening, passing, and knowing where everybody is on the court, his offensive rebounds. I, I think it's I think it's a a stronger possibility than not, just based on Steph Clay. Um, nobody having a monster series. Um, and lastly, whoa, how great was it to see a rookie come in? Moses Moody hasn't played at all almost all year. Comes in, great defense. Gets a key bucket on that layup, and I'm just, man, I'm excited for this year, but I'm more excited for about the future that this franchise have. Thank goodness Chris Cohan is, I hope, hey, Chris <laughs> Cohan, if you're listening, I hope you're unhappy. I, I hope your kids hate you. I, I hope. I, okay, yeah. okay, come on, come on now. Let's, all right, all right, We thanks for the call. Uh, 888-957-9570. Really strong phone call. I think we can we can dismiss the the personal attacks. On wow, Chris dude! <laughs> on Chris Cohen's family, yeah. uh, and and move on sure. at that point. But right. uh, a lot to chew on there. It's a little early for me. Does Kevon Looney have another twenty and ten game in him? And at some point in this series, mm-hmm. uh, maybe in Dallas or in Game Five, and the Warriors win four one. I, I think Steph has put himself in a nice position here, two games in, to be the the conference finals MVP and winner of what the magic Johnson trophy, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, thanks Mike. I'm going to call him Josh cause he is giddy right now and who, who could blame him. But to his point about Looney, I mean, yeah, if I think Mike said, Hey, if he keeps this up, if he keeps it up. Yeah. Uh, because he's made 15 and 19 <laughs> shots in two games. It's going to be interesting to see how Dallas, you know, at some point they're going to say, we got to, 
what are you going to do about Looney? We got to do something about Looney. And then uh, maybe they keep the Warriors from getting to the basket. They don't try to run them off the three-point line as much. And then they see if the Warriors burn them there. It's been fascinating. And how about Looney last night going to the line to chance of MVP? MVP. Incredible. Incredible. Yeah, and he made the free throw. And he said, I, was, I hadn't shot a free throw in a while. It was really hard to focus. Yeah, he said it was it was kind of it kind of threw him a little bit, like made him a little bit, a little bit like this is awkward. I haven't shot a free throw, I think he said in two or three weeks. And and yeah, all good, though, when you make it, he had to be feeling pretty good from the 203 on the uh, Xfinity mobile text line. And I, I agree with this wholeheartedly, and I think it, it plays to, to Mike, who, who got us going on the phones here. Steph is so good, he can have eight boards, 32 points, shoot 60% from three, and we are anointing role players the MVP of the series because we expect it. Well said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what's he got? Steph has now 20 rebounds in the two games. Is that right? He's averaging yeah, 10. Eight. 10 K- yeah. Exactly. And you look at, at game one of the series it's not like Steph played poorly in game one I mean 21 points in 30 minutes and he didn't need to play the extra six to eight minutes because it was a blowout so yeah you've got Steph for the two games of the series basically averaging 25 and 10 so yeah I, like mm-hmm. Ste- Steph's the MVP of the, of, of the Western Conference Finals two games in I know I, I'm I'm a little reluctant to go there I know the fans love that stuff and, you know, it's not just the win. It's who's going to be the MVP and all of that. But two games a little premature. But I, I think at this point it's it's Steph. Yeah. I, I, one of the things we were a little concerned about, one of the things the Warriors weren't sure about when the playoffs started was how this was all going to come together. And I mentioned that because these two games in, it's clear that the offense is clicking. And Steph's been leading the charge. And last night, as I said last night, every one of his six threes was, like, crucial but you look at the way the offense is functioning now. And again, we didn't know how that was going to be because these guys hadn't been together a lot. Uh, last night, they had six guys in double figures. I think game one, they had seven. Last night, they had five guys with five assists and, and one guy with four. So it's just a really good sign um, that the offense is functioning at a high level. That's where basketball, we're going to talk to Saint, you know, who always tells us player movement, ball movement. And yeah, you want Steph to lead the way because he's your best offensive player. But when the Warrior offense is clicking, everybody's getting involved. And we've seen that a lot in uh, these first two games of this series, JD. All right, let's get Jay and Vallejo next here on 95.7 The Game. 888-957-9570. Hey, Jay, you're on with uh, JD and Whitey here on Warriors this week. What's going on, Jay? Hey, good morning, y'all. Um, I'll be real succinct. So I think the problem for the Mavs is, one, they got blown out in game one. And then, in essence, they got blown out in game two. And let me explain. You're up 19. The, at, after you, you get down to your lead gets cut in, you're up 14. The Warriors end up coming back and beating you by nine. That's, a, that's to me, 23 points. You know, you just gave that away and let them come back in when the Warriors were over-pursuing inside and giving you those outlet passes to the wings. So I think the problem for the Mavs, it's even more dire than maybe people are talking about because you can say that you just brush it off your shoulders, but you're brushing off your shoulders game one where you get blown out. Then you have your you know, hands around their throat, and you pretty much they fight you off. And to be experiencing that real time when Luca is dropping 42 and he's a phenomenal player, 
they are not built where Luca dropping 42 means you win by 25. They're built, and I think you said this very astutely earlier, where if Luca is dropping 40 or 50 points, they might be losing by 20 points. Thank you so much for the, your time. Yeah, appreciate it, Jake. Good, good phone call. The Mavs can brush it off however they want, and I do think there are some things they can they can say coming off of Game Two that that they did better in Game One. The the open looks, as we were discussing earlier, a big part of that. But to me, Game Two is also far more demoralizing than Game One because you did. I mean, it is extremely rare that a team makes twenty threes or more and loses in the NBA. For as much as three point shooting is is a factor. It, it just doesn't happen a lot. And so for the Mavs to lose that game when they are able to hit at that at that level and, and yeah, lose it going away, to me it's to me it's incredibly demoralized. I don't think it ends the series or anything like that or turns it into an automatic sweep or short series. I'm willing to give the, the Mavs the benefit of the doubt and all right, let's see if they can go back to Dallas and win both games. But also think at the same time, Whitey, we're going to look back when this series is over and say that, that this was the, the pivot point where the, where the Warriors, you know, flipping that game from a potential loss to a win winds up being the difference or even the tipping point. We've all seen the number. I think you're right to just embellish the point you made. I believe last night Dallas's total number of threes, that's tied for the third most threes by a team in a loss, in a playoff loss, I think, ever. And I think Houston may have the the top two marks there, but 21 threes and a loss in the playoffs. Yeah, it's very, uh, very rare. The thing is, where does Dallas go from here? Um, and I would expect, J.D., uh, tell me what you think. Dear listeners, tell us what you think, 888-957-9570. One thing, Dallas going to have to try to get more physical. I mean, they're just getting they're, – they're almost invisible on defense. Last night they came out with a punch like they made shots and they got the early lead. They couldn't hold on. But they, they tried to be to... physical. They yeah, tried to yeah. be. Mm-hmm. Bull- Bullock tried to be. I thought you know Berton's flipping Damian Lee over. I think he was trying to be. I I think they were they were trying to frustrate the Warriors last night, but they just don't have the personnel to do it as consistently as a team like Memphis, who I think has probably got the best personnel in the league to do it. They just athletically I, – I thought last night with some of the turnovers, to me the turnovers were more careless last yeah. night than at any point in the Memphis series. I felt a lot of the turnovers in the Memphis series were forced, even though they didn't look forced. I thought last night it was easily correctable turnovers because the Mavs just don't put enough consistent ball pressure on to where the, it, it was more on the Warriors' terms, and they were able to clean it up as the game went on, and that also – prevented, uh, you know, I, I think really snuffed out completely what the Mavs were trying to do physically to, to be tough guys, if you will. Yeah, only five turnovers in the second half for the Warriors. And obviously, when you're way behind, you only have so many opportunities mathematically to get back in a game, and you can't squander them by turning the ball over. So it was great that they were able to limit the turnovers. I agree with you. I think maybe that's what happened to Draymond, too. I know last night we're trying to figure out why did he struggle the way he did. He had three of the Warriors' first four turnovers, and they were dreadful turnovers. And I'm wondering if he was you know, trying to make up for one bad turnover by, all right, I'm going to thread the needle here, and then it's like, oh, another turnover. Then you're looking up, wow, we're getting killed here. I'm having a bad game. Then he lost his focus, lost his composure a little bit. Did make that big dagger three at the end, but 
for as you said last night, for the Warriors to win a playoff game in which Draymond's minus 19, very unusual. So the Warriors overcame a number of things last night. It'll be interesting to see what, which Draymond we see in Game 3. I think he'll be buttoned uh, up again, and I think he'll be uh, laser-focused. But uh, Reggie Bullock, I think he tried to get him thrown out of the game last night. When he ran yes. into Draymond on that screen, he, ran, he plowed into him. He knew what he was doing. And then he put his arms up like, what? And he was trying, and Draymond knew what he was doing. He was going for the double tech. Yeah. He was going for the double technical. Yep, yep. He was baiting him, and Draymond took it only a little bit. Uh, The officials didn't see, uh, think it was proper to to throw him out there, which I give him credit for. But, yeah, Bullock, I agree with you. Bullock was baiting him, trying to bait him into getting thrown out last night on that screen. All right, 888-957-9570. Edwin, Josh, we'll get to you guys coming up here. Uh, Mark Medina is also going to join us at some point between now and 1 o'clock. we got Gary St. Jean at 1230. Uh, as Warriors this week rolls on right here on 95.7 The Game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Ooh, off the screen. Feeds Wiggins, middle of the floor, catches. Back up top to Curry, checks the clock, nine to go. Puts it on the deck, drives down the lane, scoop to the hoop. Good, and he was fouled! At some point in this game, Tom, the Warriors got the message, get the ball to the rim. Now back to Warriors this week on 95.7 The Game. John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason. 888-957-9570. 888-957-9570. Warriors with the 2-0 lead over the Mavs. Game three tomorrow as these games are coming fast and furious every other day for the duration. I think that's another key point as you look at the big picture of this series. I know one of the concerns going in with the Warriors being the, the older team and a team that in the playoffs has not played as well as both series in the first round against Denver and and the second round against Memphis have gone on. I do think there was some added, I don't want to call it pressure, but added incentive to maximize the early portions of this series. And and that means mm-hmm. 
get ahead two to one, two nothing if you can with those first two at home, and and try to get ahead three one if you can coming back because there has been this feeling, Whitey, in both of those first two series that the Warriors have been hanging on for dear life a little bit to try and close both of them out. I think that's true, but I also think it applies a little bit to Luka as well. And I know he's Mm -hmm. been ill, and I think he said he was tired last night going into halftime. If Wiggins can maintain the amount of pressure he's putting on Luka, that also becomes a factor. Is Luka wearing down? By the way, did you see Poole? I'm sure you did. Poole last night screaming at Davis Bertans after scoring on him. Just staring him down and, and screaming at him. That's one of the beautiful things about Jordan Poole. You know, the Warriors have so many guys that are a little more quiet, good guys, which is great, and they need the edge that Draymond brings them sometimes. And Poole also, I mean, not that he's an intimidator, but he's fearless out there, and and that, that fits in real well with the other personalities on this team. No, it absolutely does. Let's get to Josh and Pleasanton. Back to the phones we go. 888-957-9570. Hey, Josh, you're on 95.7 The Game. What's going on, fellas? Warriors. Man, uh, great feeling, man. I, I, I thought this series was going to go five. I think Luka is going to pull out a game, but the Mavs just don't have enough. Uh, just a couple key things that I want to point out from what I saw. First off, Chase Center has got the vibe. It's been a long time waiting to get a playoff series in there. We've got two under our belts. It's the third one, first West Conference Finals, and the vibe is rocking in there. Once the crowd gets engaged, it's over for the other team. The Mavs felt it, the Warriors, the fans started cheering, the Mavs started missing, and law and averages played into effect. They can make all those threes, but they're going to start missing eventually, and when they do, the Warriors are going to pounce on them every time. Reminds me a lot of the Blazers series in 2019. Once you start missing, we start making, the crowd gets into it, it's over for you. Um, secondly, Steve Kerr is just such a great coach, man. He really just he, – he throws different defenses, different looks. You can tell the difference from when they had Mike Brown those last two games against the Grizzlies to this series. Steve Kerr is just all over him, man. He's all over him. He knows what to do at the right time, throws Moody in there. And uh, instead of Damian Lee, Moody plays great ball, good defense, gets that clutch layup. So Steve Kerr, love that he's our coach. Um, Lastly, uh, Steph is the man. Uh, Warriors in five because the Mavs just don't got enough. Luke is going to will them to a win, but they can't stop us in the paint. They don't. They don't have the matchups inside. We're just a better team. Uh, bring on whoever's up from the East Conference Finals. Not getting them ahead of myself here, but I just don't see the Mavs pushing us. They don't have enough. Thanks, guys. You know, have a great day. We'll- Pre- appreciate it, Josh. Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. Couple of things there. Look, it's natural as a fan. First of all, you get up to nothing, and you're two games away from being in the NBA Finals or, or going to a mm-hmm. World Series or or maybe, you know, you get to that point, even with the 49ers, you get to that point, I think, where you're, you get to the championship game and you start thinking, wait a minute, one more win and they're in the Super Bowl. Like, it, it is natural for a fan to think when it's this close about what's next. So no no judgment there from me as far as, as that goes, if Warriors fans are, are starting to starting to dream a little bit about something special. Mm-hmm. Couple of yeah, a couple of points on Steve Kerr, and I agree with Josh. I think it's evident here what a good job Steve Kerr's doing here. Um, last night he did a great job of identifying why they were playing so poorly early. I agree with somebody on the text line here who says when Kerr was talking about at halftime that they were unpoised and turnovers, bad passes, silly fouls, he was talking about Draymond. And I think he was. And I think he recognized, um, hey, we, we let the game come to us a little bit. We play with more poise. We got a chance to get back in this in this game. 
But he also made a mistake last night. Um, and again, I'm not trying to counter what Josh said, but it's just interesting to look at the chess match, and it's interesting to see one of these coaches make a mistake and realize it and then go, oops, we can't do that. J.D., you know what I'm talking about. Uh, towards the end of the half, I believe it was, when he tried to rest Wiggins for just a, a few minutes there while Luca was still on the floor, and they had Clay on Luca, and Luca yeah, said, okay, well. no, no, and I think it was two possessions, and then Kerr realized, all right, that's not working. Um, but that was just that was an interesting moment where he did something that didn't work and quickly corrected it. Yeah, and, I, and the big one, and we talked about this last night on the postgame show, was going away from Damian Lee. And look, I don't think Damian Lee has been nearly as bad overall in the playoffs as the fans who already kind of have it in for him from the regular season would, would make it out. He was awful last night in, in his five minutes. And to go away from him, and, and we've made this point a, a bunch of times, Damian Lee wouldn't be playing if Gary Payton II or Iguodala, let alone both of them, were available. He just He just wouldn't be playing. And Steve Kerr's gone with the, the trusted veteran, and he clearly is in the circle of trust. And I think he's in the Steph, Clay, Draymond circle of trust as well, which is a big part of it, maybe over a couple of the young players, in, in particular Jonathan Kaminga, who had opportunities to start and be in the rotation in the middle of the Memphis series, and it, it didn't go all that well to the point where Steph and Draymond wanted Kevon Looney to be back in, in the starting lineup, and the Warriors went in that direction. But Steve Kerr does get a lot of credit for going to Moody, and and I thought it was it was absolutely essential. I wasn't sure if it was going to be Kaminga or Moody. I know Moody had the one game in Dallas back in, mm -hmm. in March where he played really well in the fourth quarter. I was not surprised at all, given how bad Damian Lee was last night uh, in his five minutes. And, you know, borderline dirty play, I thought, on the on the undercut landing area deal with with Bertans and then they get tangled up and and Bertans flipped them maybe an unnecessary step over there as well but going to Moody who was just athletic and calm and really for the most part doesn't do anything to screw the game up he he really helped them in that fourth quarter run where he he played nine and a half of the 12 minutes yeah Anthony Slater Broke that down in very interesting fashion, as he always does in The Athletic. I know last night, J.D., you and I talked about the fact that, hey, Moody had that big game in Dallas. Well, apparently the coaching staff, you know, that was the game in which Moody was making shots because Dallas was blitzing Steph. So getting ready for the series, uh, the Warrior coaches thought, they're probably going to do that again, so let's look at that tape. And when they saw the tape, it's like, ooh, Moody had a really good game. So they were reminded of that. So Steve Kerr says, yeah, we've had him in mind in this series. We thought we'd be able to use him. And he's just so, I don't know, unflappable comes to mind. Just doing the right thing for a guy at age 19 for him to look so rock steady. Um, he's got a really bright future. Maybe not the ceiling that Kuminga has, but Moody already is just um, mature beyond his years. He's going to be a playable playoff player, I think, as early as next year. I mean, it, it, in the rotation, steady, able able to contribute in a solid, mm -hmm. don't screw it up kind of a way. I, I think mm -hmm. that, and and I, he, to me, he's he looks like a ten year in the league guy to me 
as yep. right now as a rookie that hasn't played a lot. He looks like a guy where, oh, 2032, oh, Moses Moody's still in the in the league and on, on a lot of winning teams. At, at, like I always feel like that's the worst-case scenario at this point for uh, a guy like Moses Moody. Uh, Dirty is next on the phones. 888-957-9570. What's going on, Dirty? Hey, I really love the show. You guys are doing a really good job, man. Uh, I love listening. Um, you know, covering everything, guys, so I really don't have anything left. But what I will say is, um, as far as Kerr goes, I do feel a lot more confident with him on the bench, uh, him pulling the strings. That was a genius uh, move to go to Moody. Uh, they were talking about it after, and they said that he just has the freshest legs in the series. And all all season long, he's been doing a great job defending in practice. So, uh, Kerr knows a lot more than what the national media does. And these guys really, honestly, probably don't even stay up to watch the Warriors. But um, I want to also touch on basically how how corny it was for the Mavs to try to get chippy. Because when they tried to get chippy, all they did was kind of piss the Warriors off. And I like that. Um, so I invite them to, to keep doing that. The most they'll get, they'll get out of that is probably us in a little bit of foul trouble. But um, also... Uh, wanted to touch on just basically um, the fourth quarter grit and the second half grit and that third quarter warrior team. Um, man, we still got those pants on. You know what I mean? It hasn't gone away. We have our core group and uh, these youngsters. I just like another caller had said, I'm really excited for the future. And um, the other day, I also had asked a question. I wanted to confirm it. Um, so by seeding, the Warriors are the third in the West, right? and the Celtics are two and the Heat are one, um, depending on who we play in the finals, where would home court go? Yeah, thanks for the call. Uh, Dirty, the Warriors have it. It goes by record once you get to the the finals, and the Warriors and the Heat tied, and the Warriors won both games head-to-head in the regular season. So the Warriors have the tiebreaker over Miami with both teams winning 53 and Boston only won 51, so the Warriors have it over them, even though those two teams are the one and the two seed in the, in the Eastern Conference. So the, the road to the championship goes through Chase uh, in, in the NBA Finals. Thank, thanks for the call, Dirty. Uh, 888-957-9570. Let's keep it rolling on the phones here, uh, Whitey, and then I want to come back to a couple of points that the callers have made, one on the, the crowd last night, Josh and Pleasanton earlier, uh, and, and Steve Kerr on the bench, I think there's, the impact of having him back for the the first couple of games of of this series. Uh, Romney is next, though, on the phones. Romney, you're on 95.7 The Game. Hi, this is Romney. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, Terrific show. It's always great, of course, when the Warriors are winning. Um, I wanted to make a couple of comments on the the Warriors' offense, you know, and a couple of observations, and I wonder if you guys agree with me. I've noticed that uh, compared to the past championship teams of the past, um, the Warriors seem to be more helter-skelter. They're not passing as much, depending on who brings down the ball. For instance, if Steph or uh, Draymond brings the ball, they kind of look around like a quarterback does and then decide what to do. Whereas if uh, Sicey, Wiggins, or Justin Poole, the the first option seems to be to go one-on-one before they try to pass it. So that that was the first observation. The second observation, so I'll listen to your comments on this, and I want to make a second comment. Okay. Uh, as far as the – I do think the Warriors are trying to balance Whitey. I'll let you comment on this as well uh, before we get back to Romney. I think they try to balance 
the motion offense and the flow with some of the individual strengths of, say, Jordan Poole. I think that's a great point, Romney. And also even Andrew Wiggins getting the ball in certain areas where they want him to try and attack. And his game is a little bit more better suited for trying to go one-on-one if he's not standing in the corner, maybe waiting for a three-point shot. What, what do you think, Whitey? I think Poole, one of the issues he's had this year is that sometimes he does tend to over-dribble, but I think he's gotten a lot better. I don't think that was necessarily an issue last night. I think we've seen that earlier, but I think he's learning. He's getting that out of his game. Draymond, I think maybe what Romney's talking about is, you know, Draymond now more often than he used to, he stands out there at the point, and, you know, no one's guarding him, and he's just reversing the ball and looking for cutters. However, it's all working because, again, they had 33 assists last night. Uh, They had five guys with five assists, including Poole and Green. So, yeah, it looks a little different, but right now, definitely in this series so far, that offense is definitely uh, clicking at a high level. Romney, what else did you want to mention? Yeah, so so quickly, I think Wiggins probably is a strategy just to go after Luca and just hire him. But the second point I wanted to make was – with regard to Kavan Looney, you know, he reminds me of the old centers of old, you know, who guard the basket on the defensive side. At the same time, they're able to post up on the offensive side. It looks, it really takes me back to the good old days. I really love watching. What do you guys think? Yeah, thanks for the call, Romney. Uh, look, Kavan Looney's been terrific, and he's he's really making a statement to the Warrior fans, Whitey, that have complained really since this season began and even back to last summer about the Warriors not having a capable big. Every time that would come up, we'd talk about two things. One, the Warriors want to play small in some of the game's bigger moments. But two, they believe Kevon Looney is a capable big, and he's, mm-hmm. he's played more and more like it in the traditional sense not so much about the post-ups necessarily, but he's been able to, to find the ball in his hands in positions where he can get easy ones, and he's been able to, to put those easy ones in. Yeah, I agree with that, but I'll tell you what um, what makes him a really efficient modern-day center, if you will. And I'm, again, I'm not disagreeing with Romney, but oh, no doubt. Here's, here's what separates Looney from some of the old-school you know old school traditional centers is you put him in that pick and roll, as we've seen already with Luca going after Looney, and Looney can handle that. I mean, I think in the second half, especially Dallas really tried to attack him. But, you know, that that was, I mean, going back to a guy like Shaq later in his career, especially, he just couldn't do that. But the fact that Looney, and we saw this when the Warriors used to play the Rockets in the playoffs, the fact that you can switch him and he can still guard guards is really what makes him a unique big. And I think a lot of it, too, is just, you know, matchups, wrestling. He just, you don't have to worry now about Jokic or Cat or DeAndre Ayton or anybody like that the rest of these playoffs. And he's been a factor in the last three games. If you look at game yes. six against the Grizzlies, game one and two major factors in, in the last uh, game six and, and the game last night, these last two Fridays. But going back to Kevon Looney after he had, had found his way out of the starting lineup and out of the rotation a little bit has, has really helped the Warriors push forward here on, on this run. Filmo Mike next on 95.7 The Game. What's going on, Filmo? Oh, what's up, man? I, I thought y'all was going to get me on the other side, man. Hey, hey, Whitey, you doing your thing? We not, we don't, you're not going to get called Blackie till after June. Yep. J.D., I love you, J.D. You was you was spot on. Hey, Moses Moody, man, we got we got blessed with that pick. He's going to be a solid player. To me, 
You can answer this too, Whitey or, uh, or JD. He kind of reminded me of a little bit of Spencer Dinwiddie, just a little bit. But y'all tell me. Also, Curry played his booty off. He played crazy. Curry felt like he was trying to prove something. I don't know if y'all sense that. It's since I got a feeling like he was trying to like tell people, "Shut up, I got this. I'm Steph Curry." Also, the defense was 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 awesome. Um, I wanted to say one more thing, but I can't remember. I hate when this happens. I can't remember because y'all have me on hold. I can't remember what I was gonna say. But y'all doing a great job, man. I'm so oh, Thrive City was lit to see that off of Third Street. And I I started working for Cam Hill maybe 25 years ago, 20 years ago, right? And that whole area was underdeveloped when the Giants first came out there. To see that whole area now, man, mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. crazy. From the Walgreens to Safeway, Giants, uh, uh, Giants Stadium, the Oracle Arena, the whole dog patch, it's a trip, man. It used to be crackheads only but down there, man. Y'all have a nice one. Appreciate it, Filmo. A lot of good stuff there. And, yeah, the, the atmosphere – once the crowd's been in Chase Center, has been electric. I know there was a little bit of an issue. I thought last night for all of the discussion about getting people in their seats early and the Giants playing as well, a night game with the Warriors and tip-off at 6.02 and not 6.10 or 6.15, I, I thought it was actually there were fewer people in the seats at tip-off last night than there even were in game one, which I thought was unfortunate. But once everybody gets settled in, the atmosphere has been electric, and and that's not even speaking to what Fillmore Mike is talking about as far as outside. I mean, it is just awesome. You're, and we're starting to see exactly what the Warriors envisioned when they made the you know decision that they were going to move back into the city and, and, and create this just gathering point for, for Warriors fans to – to meet and, and share the joy of of these playoff runs together. I agree with Filmo about Steph. It's just a guess, you know, observation, but I agree. I think Steph has taken a lot of this personally. I think he did last night. My guess would be that one of the things he takes personally is all the adoration that Luca gets. It's understandable, but, you know, the guy has the ball all the time. That's the main reason he puts up, and he's good, but – he puts up huge numbers because he has a ball all the time. And I thought it was interesting, uh, significant perhaps, that Steph on his night-night shot last night, Luca was on him. He made that shot night-night. Uh, as far as Moses Moody, I don't know about you, J.D., but to me, I understand, I think, where Filmo's going there. But Moses Moody is probably already a better defender than Spencer Dinwiddie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I think one thing on Moses Moody, Whitey, he's getting the Damian Lee minutes for the remainder of this series. Like that's mm-hmm. just done. You can you can write that in. Forget about pencil or pen. I know I like a good good G two pen. Uh, you can write that <laughs> one in sharpie. You can for, wow. We, we, you can take a sharpie out, permanent, and, and you, you can yeah you a permanent oh. sharpie. Wow. And, and and you know I know Mike Brown has the lineup card and everything, the rotation card and all that, and they you know they joke about you know, what's in pencil, what's in pen. That that kind of thing. The, I, I, take the the rotation card and wherever Damian Lee was, take a big take a sharpie, Mike Brown, and just just write in Moses Moody for for those minutes for the remainder of the series. I look at his game a little differently. I don't see him as as a get to the cup guy as much as others do. I could be wrong about that, and I'm not limiting. I, I just see him as a guy that's going to be able to hit open threes, and if a 
if a defender runs at him, he's going to be able to get by and take advantage of it and, and be able to hit, you know, pull up twos even. I think he'll get to the basket in those instances. I don't see him as a one-on-one slasher, but I do think he – I see him as somebody that can take advantage of a of an off-balance defense. Mm-hmm. And I also think he's somebody that – he's going to be able to guard multiple positions, it looks like, and guard up, which I think is is big for what the Warriors try to do. Like, I, he almost projects as somebody that could guard ones, twos, threes, and maybe even some fours in the future. Maybe. Like I said, I know that even coming out of college, his, his, uh, you know, people, his biggest fans said he's not necessarily that quick defensively, laterally, but he's a really smart defender. So bottom line, J.D., I, he's a 3 and D guy. He has a chance, but a really good yep. one. And those are really, really valuable. If you're legitimate, you can make threes and you can defend. And it looks like he's on that track. You're, you're a very valuable player going forward. And I think that that's where he's headed. Antonio in Oakland next on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Antonio. Hey, you guys. Man, what a great win, man. Down by 19. I, I even thought, uh, you know, that my Warriors were done, man. But they show why they're the, uh, you know, Kansas City Chiefs of the NBA. You know, no leads ever sick. Well, at least the Chiefs from 2019-2020. But, man, <laughs> they're so damn explosive, man. Andrew Wiggins showing why he's the number one pick. And uh, this series about over. And... 2-0, you know, just like Snoop Dogg once said. And we got we got death, man. Kevon Looney, game six last series, he played like Rodman with all those rebounds. And then yesterday he played like Shaq. I, I know we had Shaq on his roster, you know, dominating inside. Maybe not as authority with the dunks, but he was right there inside like that. He, he was like a layup line, you know. But like I said, man, Dallas has no chance to win four of the next five games. And please continue to play Moody instead of Damian Lee. Like, I don't care about, oh, well, Damian Lee's a vet. Well, if the vet's playing like a rookie, what do you have to lose, right? It's almost like with the Niners, they decided to play Josh Norman over Amory Thomas because Josh Norman's a vet. Well, Josh Norman played like a rookie, right? So it's like you might as well put in Amory Thomas and see what he got. Same situation here, guys, with Moody and Damian Lee. Moody is going to be like the next clay, 3 and D guy, just like that. That's what he reminds me of. So. Thanks, Antonio. Let's uh, let's get Suzette in here before the top of the hour. Hey, Suzette, you're on 95.7 The Game. Uh, good morning, gentlemen. Um, thank you for taking my call. Um, I just want to commend the both of you on such a short turnaround from last night, um, J.D. and Whitey. Um, I love listening to you in the morning, um, and I do love the G2 pen as well. <laughs> and um, I just want to know, if you guys were able to see the uh, the Sports Illustrated um, article from last night, no. Uh, which which one? It was by Howard Beck. So I'm going to do okay. this. I'm going to be kind of corny, but I'm going to give 95.7 the game a coronation sensation because wow. in the top of that article in the heading it said night night. <laughs> so <laughs> so I just want to uh, just say um, me out good one luck time. to the Warriors. To the Warriors and um, have a safe trip, JD, and um, go Dubs. Appreciate it, Suzette. Thank, thank you for the call. Yeah, night night gets gets thrown around a lot at the game. I know Steiny was just eviscerating me uh, via text for mm-hmm. for calling night night. I think at halftime of game one, I called <laughs> night night, mm-hmm. uh, and to the point where I don't think he texted me for about thirty six hours. <laughs> uh, he. He was so upset, and we were doing a show together, so that didn't work out uh, all that well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, Steph saying night-night was uh, pretty funny. Yeah, and I'm glad Suzette mentioned that, especially about you. 
you know, you, you've been going to the games, you've been filling in for, for guru and I, you know, up early today and on the road and I know you love it and nobody does it better, but we appreciate, uh, the, the, the sterling effort again today, JD, I just a real quick point on Damian Lee. All right. And we all agree. He had a chance last night. He didn't play well. So we may not see him again in this series. We may, we may not game one. He had, he made one shot, took one three and he made it and he had five rebounds. So I, I don't know what it is about Damian Lee. There are times when he doesn't play well and he didn't play well last night. And people, to me, overreact. And I don't know if it's because they think it's nepotism, but D. Lee has a bad game. It's the type of thing we haven't seen around here since when Tevin Coleman was on the 49ers. Yeah. And, you know, he struggles and it's like, this guy is the worst ever. As we said last night, you know, he's a legitimate NBA player, had his moment last night. He can shoot at times. That's what Steve Kerr was looking for, especially because they were shorthanded. He didn't play well last night. Moses Moody's probably taking those minutes, so let's just take a deep breath and move on with that. All right, he's Whitey Gleason. I'm John Dickinson, 888-957-9570. Bruce and Manuel, will get to you coming back. Top of the hour, Mark Medina, 1030. Uh, as Warriors This Week rolls on here on 95.7 The Game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 